It's official, ladies and gentlemen. We are back for season. What season is it? Four. Nope. That's Three. Definitely wrong. Two. Um, I really thought having seasons of a podcast was going to be this epic thing. Like, oh my God, and we would make this whole big deal out of every season. But, but to be honest, making a podcast is just not that organized. Nobody gives a shit. No one gives a shit. Like, I asked the audience, I asked, shout out to the sugar daddies. What do you want? from the podcast and they're like, we honestly just want to spend time with you. Gary. It's pretty straightforward. If you're watching on Patreon, you can see that Gary is currently um, establishing a soft nest. Establishing male dominance over the seat with Nick. Yep, he does have a fear of feathers, which is unfortunate because our couches are filled with feathers. They are made out of feathers, yeah. You know, and it's like that. It's a that, battle he does not win. It's like that thick fabric where sometimes the feather will poke through and he goes into a panic. <laughs> when I ever see Gary just like staring, like not moving any muscle of his body and just staring still like this, I know there's a feather it's somewhere. A feather. Yeah. yeah, but he also has to, okay, okay, buddy. All yeah. right. Large okay. or small, the feather will terrorize him. He has to check it out, though. Even if it's there, if we go by a yes. feather on the street, he has to stop and like fully investigate, and he gets his face like right next to it. Yep. And he's like, "Oh shit, it's a fucking feather!" And he, he freaks out. I feel like the fear of feathers for Gary came from like his wet nose getting too close, and then the feather getting stuck to his nose, mm. and then he was like, "Oh shit, I can't get it off. I, I don't have thumbs." Thump. It always comes back to, to having the thumbs. thumbs. It comes back to the thumbs. You I was watching I mean? like, because uh, you know, my entire Instagram feed is just animal videos now. Me too. I mean, animal videos and like <laughs> spiritual witchy shit videos. Witchy that's, animals. It's like Abraham Hicks and then like pandas. Like that's my entire algorithm. Abraham Lincoln. But there, but yeah, it is. It is fascinating. Like raccoons have thumbs. Yeah, dude. Exactly. Okay. Raccoons can fuck some shit up. Now, raccoons can fuck some shit up. Yeah. <laughs> because what happened was it was somebody probably in some Asian country, because the language in the caption was something I didn't recognize, right? Which I probably should learn at this point, which one is which. I believe it was Chinese. And so they hand the raccoon, like, sort of one of those, those, those heavy, like, durable dog stick treat things. So they hand him a shotgun. They hand him a stick, and the raccoon takes it, sort of like... They're pretty aggressive too, and I think this was a domesticated one. And it had, you know, its thumbs, and it just took a bite. And their teeth are like so fancy. Like they're like dog teeth, but much stronger and probably much sharper. Mm. And I realized as he was just like taking bites out of this like rawhide. Like, you know, rawhide is so dense. Tough, yeah. He was just like ripping pieces off and chewing it like it was cotton candy. Yeah. And I was like, wow, raccoons will fuck you up. Yeah, they will. <laughs> My Uncle Bob, so I grew up, my dad is the youngest of eight, <clears throat> and so Uncle Bob is like 15 years older than him, so he's almost kind of like another grandfather. And he's got all these crazy-ass stories growing up in the woods in northern Maine, and he was a trapper and a hunter and a fisherman and like a woodsman and the whole thing. And, uh, you know, he's got all these crazy stories about raccoons uh -oh. because they have thumbs, and they're <laughs> super, they can be, uh, you know, uh, they're pretty aggressive, and when they're they feel like they're threatened or they're yeah. like you know pushed into a corner, like they 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 fight back pretty intensely. So he's got all kinds of crazy stories about that shit. We should totally get um, Uncle Bob on here sometime. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah, when your Uncle Bob comes to visit us. Yeah, yeah. We should put him on the podcast. It's been a hot minute, but yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with a fresh new season of. 
House of Herbie, this is your safe space for self-discovery and bad bitchery. I'm your host, Queen Herbie. This is my co-host, Nick Herbie. Jedi Nick, just kidding. So lately, I have been doing a lot of self-discovery myself, which is, this is why it's the perfect time to come back with a podcast. I took a class with Miss Wendy Parr, who we had on the podcast. She's the holistic artist coach, and she has a class called Compass. And I thought, okay, this is just going to be an online class. I'm just going to go through the things. No, we met every week for several weeks on Zoom, me and like six other artists that are out here doing this full time. And I've just never learned so much about myself in such a short amount of time. It was, I mean, I was telling you through the whole process, like, Mm -hmm. holy shit, you know, my childhood heroes, for example, like she was like, pick your five childhood heroes, you know, for me was Pocahontas, one of them. (laughs) And there were, there were others, but like Pocahontas really blew my mind because my whole life I was like, why do I care so much about Pocahontas? And Wendy had us going deep to be like, what is it? What colors is she surrounded by? What animal totems? You know, she has a hummingbird and a raccoon. A raccoon. This is what made me think of the raccoon. And then Wendy was like, cool, you need to look up, like, what are your animal? So you have childhood heroes, you have animal totems. Like, what are your, the Native Americans, like, all believe in that animals appear to us to filter our energy, first of all. This is what Shaman Durek says. Animals, our pets especially, filter our energy. But animals show up to us like a rat runs across your path. It means something. You can find meaning in it. Mm-hmm. And there's this beautiful book called, um, shit, I think it's called Animal Spirit. Is it Animal Spirit or Animal Totem? I think it's Spirit. I've seen it on your desk. Yeah, and I added it to my book list, which is now published to the Patreon. Those of you listening that want to be a part of our VIP community and become Sugar Daddy, you can join us on uh, herbie.house. A fancy new domain that I got. She is so excited Whoa, about the Herbie. Yeah, I was so excited when we got <laughs> Herbie.house. There's not even a .com or a .org. Just one dot. Herbie.house is yep. so chic. So go there and that'll take you directly to the VIP uh, membership area. And my book list is on there. So this animal book said that raccoons have this whole, there's this whole meaning about like their mask, the way that they have... <sighs> The coloring in their fur. Right, 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 right. And like, Interesting. It's like, well, what are you stealing? What do you, you know, it's like, oh, damn, if a raccoon appears, there's certain things that it can mean for you. Mm. And so I went through, I, I, a raccoon has never been like a consistent part of my reality. Hummingbird was. So I went and looked at that. It's true. And do you remember what humming, hummingbird was? Oh, man, it's so much more information than I can even recall. Yeah. But and I took probably, hella notes. Do all, probably different subcultures around Earth have different interpretations of them i would imagine yeah and they do mention them in this book it's not just like an indigenous tradition uh but i guess everybody is in technically ancient every culture can be very old had to start somewhere had to start somewhere like uh beetles are scarab beetles is one of mine and it, it's it's so ancient it goes back to like egypt to the extent now we still wear scarab like totems as necklaces and stuff for good luck and um, to connect with our ancestors, like that's a real good one. And the test is live, right? I'm sorry, the test, the quiz. The quiz is live. You made See, a quiz. I could have done a way better intro of this. That's all right. You know, like, well, we'll get there. Welcome back to Herbie House. Also, it's. I hope it's not confusing because like it was House of Herbie and just lately I've been on this Herbie House kick. I'm like, it's just faster to yeah. say Herbie House and because I got that domain. 
Herbie.house is sexy. So I switched the Instagram instead of House of Herbie podcast. Now it's Herbie.house. So everything you ever will need will always be at Herbie.house. Nice. Which is clutch. Now the quiz is something that we are really excited about. So if you have not, if you have joined, make sure you take the house quiz and find out which house you're in. This is, this is my Harry Potter moment. Okay. We love Harry Potter in this house. She loves Harry Potter. Studied uh, Roald Dahl. So all a part of this Compass class with Wendy Parr, by the way. I studied my favorite authors and like world builders. And then she had me going into like logos and what symbols. And y'all, we went so deep. Mm-hmm. Here I thought I was going to have a new EP ready to go in January. And it's not done. Like, We also both got December was just kind of like a wash. Because we were going to start this a lot earlier. But I got sick for like it was either a gnarly cold or a mild flu or something. But it kind of wiped me out for like, I don't know, like a week, week and a half. Yeah. And then you got it at the end. When I, when I got it. Oh, my God. When we get sick, we act like the biggest babies. We're oh like, God, I'm I think such it's a... like a denial. You're a denier. You're a, you're a sick denier. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Because when you start getting sick, I'm like, honey, you, I think you have a fever. And you're like, no, I don't. Doubt it. I'm fine. I it's like you definitely are in denial. So you, I have like a whole shutdown as soon as I start to feel like any kind of not. You know what it is for me? Because I use so much energy all, all day, which I like. I love it. But as soon as I go to like do my normal energy output and there's it's just not there or I'm just exhausted or whatever, I'm like, ah, shit. So either I'm just exhausted and need to slow down or starting to get sick. Yeah. So I just take a nap or, you know, have a bunch of green tea. But I know your energy. And if you're taking two naps in the daytime, it's no, you're probably it's sick. Double napper. Yeah. And then I was like, well, shit, if you're sick, I'm probably going to get it, too. And then I was like, oh, no. It's not, you know, I don't believe that it's part of my experience to get sick. So for several days, you know, because you were sick for a while, it was going on too long. It was, it was going on too long, but it wasn't, it wasn't like that bad. I was still able to get around and do things. It was just, just so annoying and so much, so much congestion. You can't even like think. Yeah. My ears are still a little clogged. Yeah. So I did end up getting, spoiler alert, I did end up getting it um, on day like eight or nine. And then I was furious because I, I watched you be frustrated and have mm-hmm. to surrender. So the biggest thing when you start realizing like there's probably a virus that's multiplying in my body right now and there's nothing you can fucking do about it is the surrender. Because then, only then can the healing start. Yeah. So the denial and- doesn't work. It just prolongs it, I feel like. Well, it's probably any kind of form of resistance or anything if you do just like <laughs> surrender. So, but it probably also removes all of your, it's going to remove all your stress and everything. So it allows your body to actually, you know, exactly. get all that shit to get out of the way. Exactly. Okay. So back to the animals though. Yeah. Uh, Cause I've been seeing hawks a lot. Yeah. You, man, I, after I took the compass class, I was like, Jedi Nick, you need to take the compass class mm-hmm. because it's just, it's more than just like for singers. It's like. It's a discovery. It's a self-discovery, which is much of what we like are into over here at, House, at Herbie House. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that's uh, hawks have a very specific meaning. I don't remember exactly what it is, but I'm sure it's something about strength and protection. Yeah, it's probably something fairly aggressive. They, they travel alone too. <laughs> Nothing is negative. It's just like astrology. Like yeah, the mythology right. of animal totems is not. There's nothing negative. It's just a perspective for you to take. If you see a snake. Yeah, I saw some. I saw some rats, though I don't usually see them. But every once in a while, I, and it is interesting because if you'll be rat okay, is really, rat is really auspicious. Auspicious. A rat is auspicious as fuck. <laughs> uh, 
OAF. Um, I've been reading the Conversations with God book. So oh, tell the, us about that. The premise of that is this guy is, you know, frustrated and um, kind of, he was like when it's, just felt very frustrated with all aspects of his life, more or less. And so he started journaling. And then he was just having this channeling experience where it's somebody started like responding. And then, you know, it, through him. <laughs> yeah. So it's just him, you know, like writing with himself and he's asking questions and then responding and asking questions and they're responding. Which do you think that's just like his intuition, his subconscious, his higher self, like one of those things? Look, who knows? Who, who knows? All it could of those be things. a little bit of all those things. Because some of these people that channel, right? So Abraham Hicks is a channel. Yeah. Um, I follow this guy, Bashar, who has some, he says some crazy shit, mm-hmm. you know, and it seems like it's, it. To, now I'm like a bullshit detector for sure. I feel like I'm not that vulnerable to being manipulated anymore. And I just, I always have several grains of salt, right? But if what they're saying is true and they're not asking you for anything, what's the harm? Yeah, right. No, there's, there's no harm. I mean, there's definitely, I, I absolutely know and agree that there are people that are uh, you know, more talented at connecting. Say, well, yeah, or like the veil is is thin is thin between the the areas between the realms or whatever. But I, I'm sure, like everything else, there's a lot of people too who are just kind of like, I don't know, you know, just kind of like the just throwing shit against the walls. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and 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 what if some of the time it is like the way Shaman Durek explained it in his book, Spirit Hacking, which I've also added to my book list because it just kind of blew my mind. Like it just he's so matter of fact and so forward about his beliefs and um you know he was saying like a great psychic might be accurate like might be connected like 50 percent of the time you know what i mean it's yeah, also right. possible for both to exist like there's days when i'm doing aura cleanses when i, I have to like reshoot them sometimes because i'm not like in the vibe mm, yeah. um, of healing or i'm too distracted so even psychics and people with these gifts like they have off on days and off days yeah no that makes sense it's not fully natural for us, as, since this is a creative living podcast, it's not natural to be fully accessing your creative potential every day. I know. What's I that know. about? I know. Well, we're in this, we're in this like hurry up and, you know, more, more, more culture right now. So and we're it's in like, the Noonan consistency model at this house. Mm, the Noonan consistency model. Consistency. <laughs> but that's not really sustainable or realistic that you would be incredibly creative and and effective every day absolutely and i think that's where a lot of like addiction stuff comes from yeah because you're like but if i had cocaine i could (laughs) that's if only i had a little bit more of that crystal meth wouldn't that be great i'd be great (laughs) so brilliant at songwriting suffer my teeth all of a sudden all of a sudden yeah (laughs) no it's true and this is why all these people like oh man how many young up-and-coming kids are just like, yeah, great, awesome, and they think they can live their life actually, like, like you know, On doing... Adderall? Yeah, doing, yeah. like, abusing things, for, and then, like, their their livers will just shut down after a yeah. year and a half. You know, it's tough. Yeah. We know, and I think we talked about this, too, we know a bunch of friends that have, that were taking, like, 80 milligrams a day of um, edibles. Yeah. Of, like, you know, cannabis, THC. Cannabis. Yeah. And also like vaping and smoking and stuff like that. And then after about a year, two, year and a half, they started um, just getting super sick. And they lose cannabinoid poisoning or something. And then they say like, once you reach that point, you can't use it ever again. It's just like, you're going to get sick every time. Oh, really? That's what I was reading. Well, you got to take years off at least. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. There's so much we don't know. Yeah. That's why. And we're in this age now too, where everything is so accessible. 
And True. it's like the first time probably it feels like that's happened. Everything is so accessible. And now we just are in this anxiety of loop of just constantly trying to get the next thing faster. Yeah. And we're never actually satisfied with the thing because everything is available. Yeah. And I mean, let's talk about ketamine. I've been hearing so <laughs> much. I know. We're, this is like a full update episode. You're getting all of You're it, kids. You're getting all of it. Oh, we we are not about, leaving anything out. We got to talk about Tor. <laughs> Because I want to ask you some questions about it. Thanks. We've just missed you all so much. This podcast has really, man, it's been a struggle because we're like, well, it's not, doesn't really like make us any money, but like we need to connect in this way to my people. Like that needs to happen. So we're just grateful, you know, if, if you ever have any suggestions for us or, you know, topics that you want us to cover. The the next episodes will have more themes and more like clear. Um, I kind of like the. I like the. Nick the likes the shooting the shit ones. Shoot and sling. You know what I'm I saying? Like the shit, shooting the shit episodes. Shoot the shit. Um, okay, so ketamine. The other night we were at the Chateau Marmont. Okay. Okay. I know this is real. This is our real life, though. We need to share. That's like the L.A. of L.A. hangs. By the way. Yeah, it's actually kind of a fantasy. Um, I've slowly become obsessed with it. It's beautiful. But it's, it's way more place. like naughty, I feel like, and dangerous than Madonna Inn, which is my favorite, favorite. Have you all heard about this place? Madonna Inn in San Luis Obispo is this old Amer- all-American hotel from like the 60s. Super camp. It's so campy. And every all 140 rooms or whatever have a different theme. So you'll have rooms in the bottom floor that are like caves where they're just made of rocks. And there's a, the shower is like water. We stayed in a cave room. <laughs> The water in the shower just pours off of rocks. And then you go to the restaurant and it's all pink and yeah. very gaudy and like Italian light fixtures with cherubs. And it's just so kitschy. You have to check it out online if you don't know. Yeah. But I would say Chateau Marmont is the Hollywood, you know, so much more local version of that where it's there's something kitschy about it, but it's a bit more um, chic and aesthetically acceptable and palatable to people. But every room is different. There's like pool cabana rooms and there's like rooms with, with patios ever, oh, where Brad Pitt stays and like Charlie Chaplin <laughs> hung out there in like the, the 30s. Brad Pitt room. You know, and it's got like these, these scrolls and kind of like what's, what's inspired me for Herbie House now and making all these houses and having, because it's like something about a chateau castle situation where we all hang out and it's super campy and kitschy and safe is a vibe. So apparently people at Chateau Marmont feel safe because they handed us some ketamine lollipops <laughs> at the Chateau. And I was like, this not, is... A- not the people who worked at Chateau. No, just no, you know what I'm no. But uh, yeah, we haven't tried them yet. But uh, So ketamine is now a one of the uh, front leaders or whatever you call it in... Uh, therapy? Therapy drugs. Yeah. Apparently it's incredibly... Uh, effective. Effective. And I don't know yet because I haven't tried it. My- Sentences. <laughs> I haven't tried ketamine yet, but it is uh, the streets recognize it as a horse tranquilizer, <laughs> which I think is like really aggressive. And and again, we're not uh, we're not we're not condoning not, the I'm use of looking, this yet. We don't even know what this is. I'm not looking to get in a K hole. You know what I mean? Because I'm pretty sure. And <laughs> you Nick always talks about the K hole. I'm like, what is that? And you I, said, well, it's it's like I, I think it's kind of like okay, that scene in Wolf of Wall Street where he has the, the quaaludes hit. If anybody has, hasn't seen that movie, it's Wow. And uh, you, you pretty much is completely like everything is slurred. There, you motor functions are really, really l- so slow. So a K hole is like you're just you're you're on the uh, you're in the upside down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're in the upside down. It's not a good feeling. And the demon is chasing you, and you can't run fast enough. 
Though I know, apparently it's a, you know, people are having fun there. I, I don't know. In the K-hole. Yeah. <laughs> you know, make sure you bring a ladder. So if you have a small dose, a microdose, you can just get very relaxed and blissful, apparently. This is what the lollipops are supposed to be, too. And I feel like if you're in a therapeutic setting with some type of a leader or somebody guiding you through the experience, and you go in with an intention of like, I want to let go of my trauma from this, I think the ketamine probably lightens you up enough so that you can face those really difficult feelings and you can make some progress. Yeah, yeah. You can you can let the the um, the mass down for a minute. I, I think all drugs kind of do that in their different ways. Like they they, you know, for me, you you immediately are able to observe yourself yeah. very clearly. Yeah, and that's probably what you know. Depending on different people, and, and the brain is so fucking crazy too. I'm sure it it does actually react differently in everybody's in everybody's brain to a certain extent. Definitely. But um, you know, a lot of people don't want to have the mass come down, so it can be an intense experience. They don't want to face their shit because yeah, it's, it's already smart. hard enough just surviving every day in a physical body. Yeah, man. Yeah. So I, I'm a really, I'm a proponent. Is that a word? I'm on board for... You're a opponent. I'm an opponent. <laughs> no, it's a proponent, right? A proponent. What are the chocolates we've been eating? Ferrera Cher. Ferrera Cher. You know those hazelnut balls for Christmas with the hazelnuts in it? They got the chocolate. Is it pronounced Ferrero Rocher? Ferrero Rocher. <laughs> That's the pronunciation. Ferrero Rocher. Ferrero Rocher. <laughs> okay, they're delicious. But they're, I think they're pretty, um, they're pretty tasty. I am a proponent of healing yourself intentionally with some of these assisting. You know, a lot of these are drugs or herbs or you know concoctions from the earth. Hopefully, some of them are more natural leaning. It's just. I want to see a healed world. That's my whole shtick. I think we're getting there. I think we're getting there. Every year becomes a little bit more mainstream. You know? Yeah. I mean, shit. They're, you know, we got ketamine lollipops. <laughs> Period. Okay. <laughs> don't feel like that was something around in the 90s. I think they also or had, there was? I, I don't know. They also handed us some mushroom chocolates, which, you know, that's not anything new for us, but it's... And that's pretty mainstream now, too. Pretty like, mainstream. That's hitting, now, we are in L.A., so come on. Not everybody... Yeah, but Those of I you think... listening in Indiana probably are not getting <laughs> ketamine lollipops handed to you. I don't know. I mean, let us know. I, uh, mushroom chocolate, maybe. I yeah. think it's... A lot of my buddies back in Maine say it's it's... Pretty much there now. Pretty much everywhere. Yeah, because it's a lot of it's marketed very like high end and very yeah. Uh, and you can have like a doctor or a therapist. Well, that's what I sort I of would guide definitely, you through. Yeah, the use. And when in doubt, take half. Yes. When in doubt, I know we said this a million times, but like if it, no one's had edibles yet, like we never take more than like five. Whatever they say, like, this is a fine. This is even what they say. It's a microdose. Like, no, we're gonna have a lick of the lollipop and wait. <laughs> You know, it's too dangerous. Give it to Gary. So speaking of healing traumas, before we hop into tour stuff, because tour was fucking amazing. Hello. Tour was pretty fucking cool. Wow. Well, you're, you're still in it, but yeah. You remember on this podcast when you were like, hey, do you want to go on tour? And I was like, <laughs> We did successfully tease the you fucking shit out of You manipulated that. me into touring. Absolutely. And it worked, and you were right, and I have never felt more fulfilled probably in my career. But it's also, yeah, no, that's, and that is, I mean, for, listen, for everybody that came out of that's still coming out, like it was, it's been very 
very fucking cool. Shout very out to shout out to anyone who ever left a comment saying, Queen, go on tour, come to this city, because <laughs> even keep commenting because we're still and shout out to my booking agent, Alex Beckett, who just came, swooped in like a freaking and Gia. Knight on a white horse. And Gia, who is a fan, his wife of huge fan. And like they just believed in me and, you know, pushed me to do this. And y'all, you guys showed up. And, so. and they were right, and you were right, and thank you, because I I also was like, what what about all the trauma of being on the label with Carmen and touring and wearing myself down and drinking too much Jaeger on the bus? Like, So this is what happens, and this is like a real, because I, I felt that same way too, and we had a lot of conversations about this, and I was like, dude, I don't think it's not the same experience anymore. Right. In every aspect, except for that you're still making music, everything about it is completely different. I just want to say, as a main point of this podcast episode, is that if you're traumatized about something in your past, and so you're having to step into doing something similar again now as the present tense you, it's totally different, babe. It is. It is. That, I was so shocked at how different it was. In some in some ways, it is like short-term memory loss that is really like the amnesic thing that can be really important. You know what I mean? Like you have to be able to kind of be like, Oh, just wake up in your body right now and be like, oh, wow, I have all these skills and all these things. It's, the first, it's day one all over again. Here we go. Like some things were way easier. Yeah. And then some things were non-existent. So it wasn't even a comparable experience at all. What I, was non-existent? Uh, I mean, a lot of the processes that we had to go through with Carmen, like, I remember we had to get like Live Nation to sponsor the tour and then like, you know, you have to like pay them back and then like, uh, you know, merch, merch designs with the label was impossible. I mean, yeah. now we are working with a merch company and we're able to submit all the you, designs. You're and still like, designing. I think, but this is the quality merch. This is like, these are like really nice hoodies. This is yeah, like a hoodie quality. that you will hand down to someone. <laughs> there, it's, the quality is really nice. And that is something that... We, and that's another thing too. Like you, you probably don't have. I don't know if we had any control over that before. We didn't. It was, it was just like, okay, well, you're on Sony. You're on a Sony label, so yeah. that means you're gonna have the Sony merch. And, and they would just take our logo and put it in three different ways and say, pick one. Yeah, there you go. And now it's like, what if I made like a shirt that said "Stop Scrolling" with like incense smoke and hands, and so we just do it now. Yeah. And it's great. So. Yeah. That was fulfilling, right? Because pretty much the only way we made money on that tour was merch. This is something interesting, too, is I thought, well, if I don't make money on tour, then why are we touring? But what's happened is that now that we've reached this level, we're able to sell more tickets, which is starting to show a profit. So that's really cool. Yeah, touring, I mean, look, everything is expensive. <sighs> that's for all the creative artists that are listening that are like, should I tour? You're going to like not make money at the beginning. Yeah. It's okay. And that's, that's totally, that's how it goes. This is usually. like starting any business. Actually, anyone yeah. who's listening, that's starting a business. Like you're not even expected to be profitable for like years. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. And that, and that the, was hard for is, me to swallow, but, yeah. but the fulfillment that I felt getting in front of y'all in real life, being able to touch you and see you and sing, with you, like, that was worth it? I was kind of like, I don't care about money. It was bizarre. Well, that probably means you're in alignment then. So it yeah, was tour, tour was a healing experience. Um, I will say the first three nights were three in a row in LA. Mm -hmm. 
and my nervous system was shot. Right. Yeah. So, so what happens is when you get in front of human beings screaming your songs for the first time, I've never been in front of y'all in real life doing this, um, and three nights in a row. And I was like, is my voice going to make it? Like, I don't even know if I can sing like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I was totally fine, but I had to learn these practices um, to calm my nervous system. And one of Shaman Durek's friends was actually explaining to me that Madonna used to have to like go home after her show and sit down at this long kitchen table in pitch darkness and just sit there like with her head on the table until the buzzing just come down until yeah. the buzzing in her body yep. came back to groundedness yep like i was shocked because i i'm so aware now of my body and i'm able to manage my nervous system more than because i'm aware of what's happening now yeah, right. the biological response of stress and all that now when it happens, I can be aware and, and like we say, siphon it off and observe. Mm-hmm. But it was still hard yeah. to manage so that it was energy. A lot, and it was a lot of energy. It was. Yeah, it was a lot of energy. And we invited people back in the green room. So I'm like seeing my very favorite humans in the world telling me, holy shit, queen, the show is amazing. Like it was just hard to manage. Then yeah, I have my VIPs. I meet, I meet as many people as they allow before every show. And we do photos, right? So it was just, um, you know, besides me jumping around in a trash bag dress and climbing through the rabbit hole, it's, it's a lot of work. We had to fucking paint that rabbit hole, by the way. We painted the they shit out of that. They do not come in black and white stripes. <laughs> For those of you that haven't seen the show, I am going out on quite a few dates here. Oh, yeah, and I wonder if this is going to be before or after. So you're also going to be doing some festivals this summer. We do some festivals. Yeah, it's, been, it's actually been, so from my perspective, too, like helping you make the show, because really this was all just her brain, and we just sat down. We and sat was, here in this room. All right, how are we going to, like, let's talk through the thing. And I made a, I made the intro, and I was like, because she's always working on all these different um, uh, mood boards and all these different visual references that we can pull from. And like uh, the opening scene from Fantasia. Yeah. And so that's kind of how we got like the opening idea of it, you know, on kind of like a much smaller scale. <laughs> but it still, it still plays, you know? Yeah. Like I picked up of... my velvet robe from Etsy and ironed on the stars. Like yeah, it's very like, much a homemade show, but with the full intention of it becoming an arena show. Yeah. But I, I, you're right. And I love, I love that those details, I think that's what makes things Special and fun like that. Because also we're in here just like going through the show and like, I don't know, like trying to add uh, different gags and different, you know, parts to see help with the pacing or whatever. And we're like, is this going to play? I don't know. Yeah. Let's just fucking put it in there and see what happens. Yeah. And it was fun to also choose the songs. Like there's a couple songs we'll probably switch out by the summer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because we're like recording new music and there's some songs that play really well live and some songs that we used as like transitions that are not as obvious and so it was a it was wild but I do remember sitting here in this room uh and 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 seeing the show in my brain and I just like cried it was so beautiful and and that's the energy that drove me through finishing it's pretty rad. Putting it together. And then you have to hire somebody to help with Ableton. And you have to multi-track. And you have to rent a, a rack. And then you have to, yeah. are we bringing a band? Do we have dancers? Like, what are the Forever. costumes? Forever. There's like? so many options. And this is, like, a thing that we talk about all the time, totally off topic. But, like, the difference between, like, okay, so for me, it's, like, engineer and producer or pretty much just, like, technical and creative brains. Yeah. 
because it's it is kind of like 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 transferring dimensions. You're like, oh, okay, I'm here. Okay, cool. Then we can do this, and then you go, oh, go, back, go back to the other one. Yeah, because they're different. They're different sides of the brain. Like literally, it's uh, yeah. it's a lot. And that's why we decided to do this podcast bi-weekly instead. So instead of every week coming at you, we decided every two weeks is plenty and it's going to give us more shit to talk about. Yeah. Um, we had to figure out how to make this more sustainable so that we can give you the real time, like what's happening with Queen, Herbie, and Jedi Nick. Mm-hmm. Um, because this year is going to be busy. We're going to be like stepping our pussies up in so many ways. <laughs> And I was like, let's get let's get these little lav microphones. Oh, my God. I don't know if this is going to work. Next week, it might be back on the other microphones. But I don't know if it's working this week. I don't even know if it's working right now. We'll We're just talking into the abyss. Love it. But it is. it feels more sustainable. Like, we could do this on the tour bus. Yeah, right. Like, we could do this in a hotel room. So exactly. I just wanted something, you know, easy. Yeah. And, and we're grateful for you guys. Um, for following us on this wild journey. Yeah, it's really, really cool. And you're so many of you are just fucking wonderful humans. So talented. Oh God, the gifts. It's really cool. That I received on yeah, tour. You guys, they, Yo, they were very impressive, actually. Not just a, saying that. And you, please do not feel like you have right, to bring and, them. And this, please. That being said, please. I don't need any more gifts. But if you are talented at something, even if you just want to send me a picture, like but they're impressive. I, I couldn't believe the talents yeah. that came through the VIP line. Like they people made me handmade soaps. Yeah. There was a company that made me <laughs> were like named lavender after, patchouli. Yeah, soap exactly, exactly. And like abracadabra soap. Like I used the shit out of that. Shout out. Um, I should put their link in the thing. Like, and all of you are just like craft masters. Like you're, this is something that was well, you're always. you're making shit. You're making shit. You're like us. You're out here just fucking making shit. Somebody made a Barbie of me. Like, <laughs> yeah, like one with its hands up, like doing an aura cleanse. Uh, that's funny. I was like, holy I shit. I mean, this is just a few of the beautiful. I got custom jackets or like customized and mm-hmm. some, some witches showed up in like these insane outfits. And I was like, I love your jacket. And then they like threw it on stage later. I was like, I feel like a rock star. Though everybody did dress up, which um, all of the, uh, we were just kind of like, we didn't even really notice it at first. You're like, oh yeah, this is, you know, it's cool. Like a lot of uh, black and white stripes, a lot of like all stripes. this stuff. And uh, apparently the, uh, what's they called? Not the agent, but the um, the booker. Booker. All the, the bookers and the promoters and stuff were like, oh my God, everybody's all dressed up. Do you see this? This is so crazy. Y'all really put their titties in a twist. <laughs> With these outfits. <laughs> it was fun. It was a lot of fun. And for me, it was great watching you because you are a very natural performer, even though if it doesn't feel like it's the thing that really brings you joy or that, that you feel like you're you know made for or whatever. But it was very interesting because, again, and I, I know you so much better than probably everybody else, but I could tell, you know, like the first night one in L.A. was like just remembering the song. Yeah. Right, night night two was like, all right, here we go. Oh. I'm going to let my hair down now. I got one under my belt. And then night three, you start actually like pushing and pulling and like fucking with it and yeah. like getting really comfortable. Yeah. So you could see immediately how quickly like it just took you like literally one or two shows and you're like, yep, right, right back in the yep. swing of things. Right in the saddle. Yeah. And then perfectly timed, got home from San Francisco and I had COVID. <laughs> O-M-G, y'all. Awful. Awful. How did I avoid getting COVID for four years? It finally got gotcha. you. And then 
I yeah, will San get Fr- this. and the San Francisco show was so small. I got home and I was like, oh, I have COVID. Wow. Yeah. So that was which meant I had COVID five days later. Yes. Oh my God. We are like the queens of getting sick with each other. COVID buddies. So then, uh, of course, I just like. COVID was intense. That was more intense. This this cold was nothing compared to COVID. I yeah, was COVID like, oh, I, I can see why n- this fucked with people. It's not fun. Well, no. but I had two weeks off before New York. So I was like, oh, shit, we're going to have to like meditate. We're going to have to put out the, the smelling salts. Like this is going to need to be really focused healing squad. Yeah. Because COVID like lingers too. Yeah. So by the time it was time to go to New York, I was clear. I went to the whatever um, emergency clinic and they like tested me three times and like gave me a steroid shot in my ass <laughs> so that I, because what was happening was after COVID I started having like inflammation in my chest mm-hmm. and I was like Jesus can you imagine if I had the first version of this shit I know this Dude. is weakened oh yeah this, is, this weakened. is this is like three and a half years four years later and of course around that time there was like a burst of cases I was like of course yeah one time I go on tour but the the steroid shot took like a few days to kick in and then by the time we got to New York I was like okay I just need like cough suppressant because there was nothing coming up it was just irritated it was just irritated and yeah, and you were really concerned you weren't going to be able to get through the shows in New York. I was like, we're not talking to anybody in the green room. Yeah. I'm going to sleep right after. We're not going out. We're not partying. Nothing. And I'm doing my meditations. Wendy Parr gave me a great grounding meditation. So I was like, why am I here? Reminding myself, you know. So New York was really fun, too. I somehow... I fucking love New York. Yeah. We, I still We got it. to stay in Brooklyn for like, what was that, three days? That was nice. Yeah. It, it, well, it was it was nice the last couple of days. The first day was that oh, record-breaking the monsoon. Okay, yeah, fuck that torrential day. downpours. Yeah. There were so many people that couldn't get to the show, and I, I felt horrible. And Jeff was like, my manager was like trying to get everybody in the next night. Yeah. So sorry if we missed you due to the monsoon. And people had flooding in their house. Oh, yeah. Like a lot. Bad. It was really bad. We The hotel we were at was okay, but... Yeah. It was pretty much all of like half of Manhattan and half of Brooklyn was underwater. Yep. The whole day. But, you know, we had so much fun. So we're going to be going out again here in like a week and mm-hmm. then um we'll keep you posted on everything. I I'm trying to get may to Florida, or may not. Texas. Yep, like, got to hit the south, got to hit the country um, we haven't gone at all, you know. I know Chicago's in the cards this Chicago. year. Chicago. We'll be announcing those as they become available. And yeah. I am booking bigger venues in hopes that People don't have to get screwed out of tickets and try to because the resale yeah, is guys, they're reselling been, my tickets for three hundred dollars. Oh, they really? That's so, so mean, disappointing. Like, like scalpers or something? I don't know. I guess so. Yeah, it's me. Like three hundred dollars? Who is she? Taylor Swift? <laughs> Jesus. Add two zeros. <laughs> so yeah, tour was incredible. Um, I healed so much. And now it's just fun. Now I'm like, let's let's do this again. It still requires immense discipline. Immense discipline. I will and say, like, like, I probably won't be like, what's their name, Mick Jagger? Like, I'm not going to be doing this into my 70s. You don't think so? I kind of doubt it. But we'll see where this goes. <laughs> if Herbie House becomes, like, what I want it to be, mm-hmm. which is, like, a boarding school for witches, um, yeah, I'm going to want to go out. But maybe, you know, I'll do a couple songs and maybe we can get, like, other talents. I just see so many talents in my community mm-hmm. that are so valuable to me and I, I want this I want to create a a, pl- a space you know yeah. that's it, it's happening already the discord yeah, is, is popping off already. if you're yep. you know if you want to wine and dine with people like yourself if you're listening to this podcast the the patreon is pretty lit we have the discord which is like a vip it's just like a separate space away from social media 
yeah where we can hang and talk well, about shit. everybody's very like-minded oh my and god uh, people are so supportive yeah it, it really is a it's a good group it really is good kid yeah okay but what book am i reading i'm reading a lot of books by alice miller who's alice miller alice miller is a therapist who is no longer with us on this plane of existence but she was a specialist in childhood trauma specifically um and it's blowing my mind i heard about her from the pete walker book that's on my book list it's like this complex ptsd book Mm -hmm. um and he mentioned that alice miller had a really great perspective on like um i think black sheep or like gifted children that were under, misunderstood by their parents. And I was like, okay, that's very specifically <laughs> something I would like to check out. Females from Nebraska. Yes, who like stripes. Got it. <laughs> um, add to cart. So I, I went to Amazon and I found a book called, like the, it was something about the gifted child. We're going to put these in the links for you. But the Alice Miller books that I really loved, one of her most famous ones, like just explains, okay, are y'all ready for this? How parents majority the vast majority of parents are traumatized from their upbringings and they subconsciously take out the anger on their children so this is like an ongoing it kind of reminds me of like systemic racism where it's just like no one talks about it and no we're not doing anything about it and, and it just keeps perpetuating itself um and she's her 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 theory is that every parent is pretty much having kids so that part of the time they can get some of that anger and rage out on the child, whether that's like emotional neglect or physical abuse or sometimes sexual abuse um, or just like turning a blind eye to like, you know, molestation. Like there's weird shit. And she goes really deep into all these different types. And, and, and again, to remind you, like, even emotional neglect has the same effect on the brain as physical abuse in some cases. Mm. In many cases, they, they've oh, studied. Wow. So she's like, this shit has to be faced. Now, if you need ketamine lollipops for this, you might want to whip those out. Yeah, well. Like, this is hard shit. And she's like, if you don't have a therapist who has also healed their shit, because this phenomenon is that people are in denial that they experienced trauma in childhood. There's this thing where we have to feel, it's impossible for us to think that we were not loved 100% unconditionally loved. Mm -hmm. We have to believe our parents loved us. She said there's a denial across all, kind of like with racism, there's a denial that, no, my parents were great and I deserved those beatings because I was difficult. That's the general... You know, no, my parents were great. Like, they emotionally neglected me because, you know, I was really, I was just artsy and loud and weird. And I needed to blend in. Like, we can't, like, be angry at them. And she was like, just the practice of facing those feelings. You don't even have to uh, confront your parents about this. They don't even need to be involved. Like, it's not your responsibility to heal their traumas for them. But for you to face those feelings within yourself and release them from your body, because when you're a child, you literally can't even fathom what's happening to you, so you, you repress everything. Yeah. And that's why when people have kids now and they don't heal that shit, they might, like, slap their child, you know, and, and they're just like, well, they were acting up. So she gives a lot better examples than I'm giving. 
And it's, of course, very sensitive shit, and I'm sorry if I've triggered anyone, but it's really thick reading. We should probably do the next episode about that, because you have been digging pretty hard on Let that. us know if you're interested in this or if this is too traumatizing to talk about. Yeah, well, I mean, if you got to face it at some point, though, you know? Well, it's either that or you repress it forever, and it does become disease. And she said, actually, I forget the title of the chapter, but she blames all depression, all cases of depression on this very topic. Yeah. <clears throat> she says it's it's just like what causes depression and that's why you don't become depressed until your teenage years or later because depending on how much you've repressed and you're holding on to and you're not facing um you you know that manifests as depression later and yeah. through her years of work and like thousands of clients she found that if she was able to access those things she said some people take longer to get out all that repressed anger and grief. There's a bunch of grieving that you have to do. Um, some people take longer and some people only need like a couple sessions, but it does basically clear up all of your physical ailments and your depression. Mm. I was like, bitch. It's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. And it literally just like, I guess my fear was like, well, do I need to like be angry at my parents? It's like, no, you just need to face your sadness and your rage, that's like the humiliation. Because when you were little, you couldn't fight back. You, you couldn't, didn't know what to do, yeah. You couldn't even put, like verbalize what was happening to you. Yeah. And then you were taught that this was like the best thing to do was to repress it. Like mm -hmm. for me as a people pleaser, yeah. you know, I wasn't going to lash out. Yeah. Not suppressing, but observing anger is the theme. It's been an intense theme. So like the last couple, probably since like COVID, when I started really taking everything super seriously, is like meditating every day and all this shit. Um, and like really like being intense with the routine, like reading something new for like 20 minutes every day. I, it, I've started just observing myself all the time. And you, you do start to see like how quickly and how easily you are, you have a thought, you have a, uh, some an emotion come up and immediately you're just whoosh, carted right off down the street of whatever that emotion is. It, it, you're completely taken over because it, it involves all your senses. You know, yeah. your, your heart rate increases. It's your thoughts just go off and you realize you're completely on that ride. Yeah. It's you're left in the, the movie. You're in the movie. The train has left the station. And if you stop in, in anger, because also, you know, straight white guy, anger is what I have been taught that that's acceptable. So it's like, when, you, when you're able to stop and, and not, you know, just observe that, you know, it's trying to leave the station, your whole body is like, and, you, and there are sometimes it's very, very easy and it's very simple and you just like slow everything down, take a couple breaths, detach from whatever situation you're in. And it's like, it becomes incredibly obvious, but then mm -hmm. there are sometimes too where you, you like, you don't want to do that. You mm -hmm. still want to experience the anger or you, you got too far in before you started to be able to observe yourself. So you're yeah. like, fuck, well, I'm here now. Yeah. And, you know, with all the, like the world, what's going on with the world, and what's, we also have a, a, <laughs> a personal situation that we will definitely be telling you about, hopefully very soon, because it's been <laughs> fucking wild and annoying, and, but it involves a lot of having to observe anger mm -hmm. and not be sucked in by it. Right. Because that's, I, I mean, it's gotta be one of the only ways for us to, you know what I mean? We got to start evolving this. It's too. It, and it's too. The anger is too good. It's too powerful. Yeah. And it's it's so easily you're so easily swept up in it. And the way I'm understanding it is that if you don't 
extricate the anger in some <laughs> is that that's not a word at all did i just make that shit up extricate if you don't exercise the anger exercise the demons the energy has to go somewhere it's got to go somewhere um, so still. i think pete walker was even saying that he had a client who kept a rubber pipe like a piece <laughs> of rubber or like you know pvc and a phone book in her car and she would just close all the doors and windows and just beat the shit out of the phone book with the rubber pipe. I love that. Because think about it, like it feels- <laughs> Somebody's just walking by. It feels good to hit something because the energy is able to exit it's a transmission. it. And it's, it's a productive way without yeah. harming anyone right. or without harming yourself. So it's like, uh, I think that's gonna become a major theme for the world at large. Like how do we process anger and then grief, because there's always sadness. And how do we do that thing that Jedi was talking about where you siphon it off and, and observe it and... Knock it swept away. But it, it sounds like with Alice Miller, like there's some shit you need to actively dig up. Well, it's like dogs dogs um, shake. Yeah. Like, so if something happens, like, you know, there's they're something they don't stressed. like or whatever, and then they, they shake, and then it was just like, oh, totally fine, we're in a yeah. new place now. And that's probably what that is, right? I mean, that's like you're removing... You know, you're you're transferring the energy somewhere yeah, else. It's becoming something else, like more or transmuting it, I guess, would it be a, better. One of our friends sent us a link for like a trauma shake thing. It's like you, you Oh do man, like, T R E. Have y'all heard about T R E? Yeah, is that what it is? Trauma release exercise, I think is what it's short for. But my friend M Paradise told me about this. And I yeah, I, yeah. I found a really good video, which maybe we should link that video. This woman shows you how to do it in 20 minutes, and, and it's important to do it properly and safely. Like you, you basically do these exercises to wear your legs out a little bit, make your legs muscles a little tired. Yep. And then you just basically go butterfly position, uh, laying on the ground, and you lift your knees up to a point, and you hold there, and they start to like sort of tremor. Yeah. And some people have gotten so good at accessing the tremors, which are it's kind of a good feeling, but it's this involuntarily. Yeah. happening it thing which is feels like a, weird like a shiver or shake have y'all heard about this tell us in the comments if you've heard about this because this this shit blew my mind and i tried it one day i didn't stick with it i probably should but you can get to the point where you release so much pent-up trauma um it from your body and and people have said like it it clears up their ailments and it makes them feel so much better yeah uh when they practice this over and over yeah i get it, it makes sense to me yeah so that's that's a good exercise I think if we can just arm ourselves with some exercises and tools and just get curious about how do we fix this? Yeah. How do we make it so that war is never going to happen again? I know. So I, and I, I think it's got to be, you know, you got to be able to observe yourself and yeah. be able to remove it. And we should give some tools and some things. And, and, and again, my belief for this entire movement is like, if you know who you are, yeah, the world becomes a better place immediately yeah. because people who know who they are and are, are, loving themselves for who they are like they're not going to commit atrocities they're not going to steal and hurt and fuck people over and manipulate like play trombone if you feel safe in who you are and you're able to pursue your joy like come on that person has no time for this fuckery yeah so that's really our i don't know that's my best guess y'all doing my best doing my best I'm, over here i'm writing some bops and i'm going on tour and i made some necklaces <laughs> <laughs> and still I love guy. soup. Still, I, oh, still love that soup. I've really been into sipping soup. Mm, and it's colder, quote unquote, now in LA. It's pretty cold, actually. And uh, been souping it up. Souping it up. Oh. 
Soup and the fuck soup down. Soup and nuts. Soup and nuts. <laughs> Is that the saying? So, nuts are kind of good with soup. Are they? I like the crunchy like bread slice with the soup. Uh, crunchy bread slice? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, like on a side salad or something? Yeah. Our yeah. sugar daddies Dipper. bought us uh, some soup last year with some pie. That was really good. And it came with it was this. Free. It came with the blanket that's sitting on the chair. If you're watching on Patreon, there, you know, sugar daddy blanket is right behind us. It's so cozy. I use it every night when I'm reading my therapy books, and <laughs> Gary's just on my lap. It's quite a vibe. It is a vibe. So thank y'all so much for you know, thank you for your patience as we yeah. got our shit together and and try to get this podcast to to happen again. And thank you guys for coming out for the first couple of round of shows. I know there's only literally two cities and there'll be, you know, a bunch more coming, but more. Yeah. Um, it's been, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a, a lot of fun. I think so too. I think so. I think so. So thank you guys. We love you. It's good to fucking see you again. Yes. And we will see you in two weeks with a much more themed and focused episode. We just wanted to catch up. Um, because it's going to be an exciting year. And hey, if you if you haven't done like your New Year's resolution Oh yeah, that's what shit. we were going to talk about. Okay, next time we'll talk about that. Yeah, but okay, well let's talk about it a little bit, right? New Year's resolutions yep. are horseshit. Don't do it. Wow. People are like, <laughs> everyone fails at their resolutions. Like, I don't think a resolution is a good word. I think maybe like intention setting is better because you do have to co-create with the universe. You can't just be like, I'm going to get so ripped at the gym. It's like... Not if you damage your shoulder, bitch. Like, well, yeah, that too. But also, you, it's see for me. But it's your all intention habits. is to just right. Your intention is to set healthy habits all year, so that you are sick less of the time. And they stick. And like, your brain is nice. So many people do these intense diets and lose a ton of weight. Yeah. And then have four, one Arby's trip and it's over. <laughs> Gain it all back. Four months later, they have the weight back. You know, because they 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 thought it was just like a. One time deal. Well, it was like if right, it was it was just a blip. If I just do this for a little while, mm-hmm. and then like everything will be different. But it's actually that you, it has to be a lifestyle change. Yeah, and we're here to explore all that shit with you this year. I think it's going to be amazing. But if you need help setting your intentions for the new year, I just put up like this beautiful aura cleanse that will do just that. And I do this like really powerful manifestation thing at the end where we like write down three things that we're going to call in. And I guide you through, like, what does Abraham Hicks say? You need, like, 17 seconds before it starts. Uh, for a manifestation It starts to attraction. affect energy. Yeah, if you're, yeah. if you're sending out these positive visualization vibes, like, we do that in the Aura Cleanse. So, like we said, Herbie.house is your, where you can sign up to be part of our VIP community. And you get so much cool shit. There's, like, so many great videos there. And we're going to be giving you so much good content this year. Um, and don't forget the sorting quiz. I want to I know which house you're in, and I want to harass all of you in the Discord. Last time I took it, I was... Koi house. Koi, yeah, that's right. Yeah, of course you're don't a Koi. Don't be so Koi, Nick. <laughs> and we ha- each house has a founder, and I'll be publishing the story, their backstories soon. Uh-huh. So we're just going to slowly <laughs> unveil like the details of this world that I've been working on for you. And just That's really, really rad. It's really, really excited. cool. So thank you so much for watching. This has been another episode of Herbie House, your safe space for self-discovery and bad bitchery. Queen Herbie and Jedi Nick will be back for you in a couple of weeks. Bye.